Welcome to Third Shot Podcast, where we share our passion for pickleball and bring the community together. You can find us on our website, thirdshotpodcast.com, or on social media. Just search Third Shot Podcast if you're on Instagram and Facebook. If you're on Twitter, we're there at Third Shot Pod. Today, I'm joined with Uncle Greg, and we're ready for our shot. We are ready. How you doing, Bridgie? Good. How are you? Cheers to you. I think we both got some tropical drinks Cheers. going today. Yummy mm-hmm. ones. You know, it's summertime, right? That's what it's all about. It's like get a little summery, fruity, refreshing drink. At least that's how I feel. The weather's starting to get better here, so I'm excited. Yeah. It was actually kind of funny. I saw this um, post on Instagram, like a meme and it said that we're actually just conditioned to like summertime because growing up, this was our vacation period from school. So it's mm-hmm. just ingrained in our minds to actually like summer. But they were like, but summer is actually terrible because it's hot and all these other things. <laughs> but so do just you, like, mind, I mean, you live in like, Las Vegas. Do you like the heat or do you not like the heat? I have come to appreciate Las Vegas and it's crazy weather, but this year the the temps have been so mild cuz May and June is when we start reaching triple digits like pretty consistently, but we're still in the 90s. Nice. Nice. Like low to mid 90s. This is incredible. <laughs> Perfect time. <laughs> You know, uh, my daughter who's at UNLV and, you know, she came up for the, um, for the week and she's been like enjoying the weather. She goes, it's not 90, it's only, you know, seventies. It's, you know, it is beautiful out right now. So it's, it's, uh, and as you said, the air is fresher. Everything's just a little different when you kind of get used to Las Vegas, then you come back to the Bay area and enjoy it again. Yep, changes your perspective. It does. It does. And then when I go down to Vegas and I and I, you know, plan my trips to go visit you and my daughter, it's always around pickleball too. Right? I want to see family. <laughs> I want to eat. I want to play pickleball and it's pretty cool because you know all the spots for us to go to and play. I just roll into town and and you got it all lined up like who we're going to play or when we're going to go play and it's perfect. Yeah, but you have some other vacations too this summer, right? Not just to Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm shooting over to Maui, uh, doing a family Ooh. vacation in Maui, which I can't wait for. Uh, the you know, okay, so this is kind of interesting. Usually, I'm planning where am I going to play golf. Like up until mm-hmm. I was hooked on pickleball, it's all about golf. My vacations, like okay, which courses have I not played on Maui before? And what tea times can I get? And, you know, can I get early enough where it's still cool and all that kind of stuff, right? Now it's all about where am I going to play pickleball? I don't have to bring my clubs (laughs) this time and take up all the room in the rental car. I just have to bring a paddle and it just fits right in my (laughs) carry-on. I love it. That's so awesome. And I think that's another perk of pickleball is unlike golf, like traveling and playing is seems to be so much easier because you can just throw your paddle in your suitcase and typically you're already packing clothes that you can play pickleball in. As long as you're not going for like a competition or anything, you can just wear basically any athletic attire. Yeah. Well, the thing at Maui every year when I go over with my family, there's always four of us. And if you think about it, there's four people's luggage 
and then a golf bag. It just doesn't fit in in almost any car. Even when we would get SUVs or get Jeeps and stuff like that, it just would not fit. So I would either have to get a van or what I land up doing most of the time recently is I would just rent golf clubs because it just mm-hmm. was inconvenient to you know roll it through the airport, roll it out of the airport, then try to find a, a van that's big enough. Just didn't make sense for us. So now with uh, me not bringing my clubs this time, I think all I'm going to do as far as my activities go is play pickleball in the mornings and uh, you know look for the the local courts. Have you already looked into it? Knowing oh, you, you, I would guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I started looking into it like, you know, months ago. <laughs> but luckily there is a website um that is the Maui Tennis and Pickleball Association. They have a website. I think it's MauiTPA.org. And it has all of the public uh pickleball courts on Maui. And it breaks it down by South Maui, Central Maui, and um, where where I'm staying is going to be in West Maui. So there are the Lahaina Civic Center has four courts and Napili Park has four courts. But this website's really cool because it told me that the Lahaina Civic Center has pickup games in the mornings every day. Oh, see, that's good, the good information to know. Yeah, because Napili Park... They don't have pickup games. So I think you have to bring your own group and play, right? You use kind of a mm-hmm. schedule type of thing. Where Lahaina Civic Center, I'm just going to roll up there and go, Aloha. <laughs> <laughs> put my paddle down or put it on the rack or whatever system they have there and, uh, you know, make some new friends. Yeah. So already pickleball people have seemed to be so welcoming and inviting. Like that's just what we've noticed so far. And then on top yeah. of it, when you go to Hawaii, we've had such great experiences with the, the locals there and how inviting and welcoming they are. So you're not going to have any problem finding people to play with in Hawaii. No, I just got to break out my pigeon, you know, and, uh, you know, go my brother, you know, and, and then, and then no. I get all the food recommendations. Like, where can I get local food? Where's the fun places yes. to go to? Which brings me to my learning more question. I got to do this in, in, you know, for Russ because Russ isn't joining us today. My learning more question is when you plan a vacation, what are the priorities that you're trying to shoot for? What do you want to accomplish and, and, you know, fit in with everything else that you do? I love that question because I absolutely love vacations. I think they're so fun and they just, you know, they give you something to look forward to and keep planning towards. And I love planning a vacation. I'm the spreadsheet person that like puts (laughs) things in an Excel spreadsheet and sends it to everybody. And it's like, this is the itinerary. So you have every day kind of mapped out in a spreadsheet? I do. Yes. Not to like every hour, but at least one planned activity for that day. So that way you don't just go there and waste time. I hate wasting time, like trying to figure it out once you get there. I like to be a little bit prepared. So what do you you typically prepare? Like restaurants and food or activities, excursions? What are you planning for? Yes, all of the above. But I think what it comes down to for me, food is high on that list. You, You know, we've talked so many times on here about how we're finding the newest and kind of trendy places to check out and the most delicious places in Vegas. But I take that 
to every place that I go and I try to find the most delicious thing or whatever that place is known for. So, you know, New Orleans is coming up. Yeah, Definitely you're going to New Orleans ways. and there's the food is the Cajun food is fantastic down there. Have you already picked out some restaurants that you're going to, you know, that's a must see, must do? We have. Yeah. So I'm going with the group of friends and we all kind of threw our idea in and then each day we'll, we'll go to a different person's must do on the, on the food list. But aside from food, cause you know, that's a huge part, but also activities, um, whether it's pickleball or a swamp tour at New Orleans. I just want to experience the place that I'm going to fully. I just, I need like well, a week long vacation. <laughs> I hear you are, you know, in New Orleans, the graveyard tours are big and popular. Are you doing any of those? I am not. And I chose not to myself. And then one of the, of the other friends that we're going with, we're very, um, not afraid, but I guess afraid of ghosts. <laughs> we don't want to open ourselves up to any spirits. Like we believe in spirits and ghosts and I don't yeah. need to put myself in a position to bring any um, spiritual friends home with me. So yeah. I just, I'll, I'll view it from afar, but I don't think I need to be in a graveyard. So no graveyard, no haunted houses when you're in New Orleans. None for me. Okay. <laughs> what do you prioritize in a trip? Uh, well, now pickleball, yes, right? That's, that's, uh, I'm looking at different places around the country now because we're making so many friends through because of this show. You know, people are inviting us to go to different states and I'm taking it very seriously. Like, what should I, you know, where should I go and visit? Even if I'm just going by myself to visit these people you know, they're so generous and, and, you know, letting me stay at their homes or inviting me to stay at their homes so I don't have to worry about hotels, stuff like that. So pickleball is number one. Food's number two, right? Got to make it work, uh, you know, with my tummy. I, I, I'm always looking <laughs> to enjoy kind of the local food. Like when I'm in Hawaii, yes. I want to do the local food of Hawaii. When I've been to New Orleans, like you're where you're going, I want to do the Cajun food. When I'm in Texas, I want to do the barbecue uh, I, you know, when I'm up in the Northeast, I want to do the seafood, the lobster. So food obviously is very important to me. And then, um, you know, it's just like relaxation time. Like when I go out and I want a vacation, I'm one of those people that I do like to kind of see as much as and fit as much as I can into a trip. <laughs> but mm -hmm. I also now look at like, okay, we need a little bit of downtime just to relax and just kind of enjoy kind of the area and, um, you know, get a vibe for the area. So I always ask people like, where can I go to kind of get the local vibe of an area, whatever state I'm in. So I try to hit those spots as well. So that's kind of what I'm looking for nowadays. Well, that sounds like so much fun. And I know when you finally get to go to Hawaii, you're going to have such a blast and you're going to have to take tons of photos with your new pickleball I will. friends. I'm hoping by the time that I go to Hawaii, maybe I can do like a little live from Hawaii on the courts or at one of the courts so I can kind of bring it to everybody as it's happening. Yes, we're definitely looking forward to that. Go live, show us, make us envious and wish we were with you. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the video going, right? Exactly. So well, speaking of travel, mm -hmm. what do we have up next? 
in the next segment of our show? Well, we're trying to plan just for a little vacation. Our next guest had to plan for multiple states, multiple pickleball matches in a very short amount of time. We get the return visit of Dean Matt, who was uh, the first time was breaking a record to try to do 48 matches in 48 days in 48 states. And when we come back, we're going to get the update. He's back home in Florida, and he's going to tell us how that adventure went. So stay tuned. Listen up, pickleball people. You can't slay on the court and look sloppy at the same time. Thank goodness for pickleball athletes and their sweet styles. Whether you want long sleeves, no sleeves, or funky and fun prints, pickleball athlete has got you covered. Their selection is perfect for the super serious players or the jokers out there. And they don't just stop at clothes either. Check out their awesome accessories that would make fabulous gifts for your favorite player. Or for yourself, let's be real. And hey, you get to feel good about supporting a small business too. Find them at pickleballathlete.com. Be sure to also follow on Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back to Third Shot. We appreciate all the support that you've been uh, giving us on social media and our website. Bridgie and I love getting the feedback. Russ loves getting the questions because he gets the research and, and it probably lends to one of his learning mores down the road. So please keep throwing those comments and questions our way. Now, Bridgie and I are super excited to have a return guest. Dean Matt is back from his adventure and setting a world record. Welcome back, Dean. Hey, good to be here, and I'm glad I made it back to to uh, recap uh, our trip. Yeah. And we're so excited to hear all of those details. But before we get to hear more, let's go ahead and celebrate with a shot. Cheers. Cheers. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, and welcome home. For those who are just tuning in, I want to give a little background. We had Dean back on our show a couple of months ago, and he was sharing with us his plans to break a world record. It was called 48-48-48. So it was 48 states um, within 48 days that they were going to visit and play 48 different pickleball games in those states. So, Dean, last month you were here with us with a special guest there's two of you joining us, sharing those details, but today we only have you with us. What happened? So the special the special guest, my partner, Shannon Yeager, and I were going to take off May 1st and uh, attempt this world record. And uh, a week before we uh, took off, you know, Shannon manages a lot of airplanes and pilots, whereas I'm retired. He had a work commitment he just could not get out of. After clearing, he, he cleared the decks for six months and, and made May our, our, our month together. But something popped up, couldn't get out of it. And so a week before we took off, um, I had to rearrange it and do, and do all the flights myself. So that's what happened. Shannon stayed on as a technical and weather advisor, and I needed his advice uh, when I got to Salt Lake. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, later, I'm sure. But that's what happened. Um, I was a little bummed out and a little trepidatious uh, on, on doing this all by myself. But, you know, you, you just have to you have to chew the elephant one bite at a time. And that's that's what I did. Uh, as it turned out, I ended up filling his seat 
with a variety of people. I had five or six people pop in and out of the plane with me for various legs, you know, anywhere from four stops to, to 11 stops, 11 states. And I think it made the, uh, the company and it made the trip and uh, all, the, all the places we visited, it, it, it was a better story after all. Well, we love great stories, so I can't wait to to get to those. That's what I was kind of thinking. Like, as much as you would have loved to have Shannon with you, and I'm sure you miss his expertise uh, up in the air there, um, was it kind of just more entertaining in a sense, just having a variety of different people? And I didn't realize that some people were on four different stops with you, doing four states with you. That's amazing. Oh, I, I, that was my wife. That was that was the least amount of stops. Um the most amount of stops was a guy by the name of Kurt Lampke. He he hopped in the plane uh, from Indianapolis and, and all the way through Rhode Island. Uh, so that was 11, 11 states. Wow. Um, yeah. My, my wife has flown with me before, obviously. Uh, and most of the other people have flown with me for maybe a flight here or there. But to actually, you know, spend time overnight, some of the hotels we shared, some of the, you know, the uh, – in, in tight quarters in the plane. Uh, some of them didn't like going through the clouds as much as I like going through the clouds, <laughs> but, but it, but it all worked out well. Everyone had a great time. I was able to see uh, all the people I've been talking to on the phone for the last six months. Um, everybody rolled out the red carpet. Everyone was very welcoming. I mean, I stayed in people's houses that I never met. They never met me as well. I mean, that's just the pickleball community. That's amazing. So all of the houses that you stayed in, were all of those families, pickleball families, like they all really liked the sport or were they more on the aero side where they were pilots and things of like, like that? No, it was it was all uh, the, the, the places I stayed in people's homes were pickleball and they ended up having their own pickleball courts. So out in uh, out your way, Greg, out in Sacramento, I stayed at a couple, uh, Steve and Nikki Grubbs. They invited me over. They heard about my adventure. I was still looking for a place to play in California. I was thinking it was going to be in the desert. They were up in Sacramento. Nikki reached out and said, hey, I heard about your adventure. Would you consider staying with us? I said, well, tell me more. I'm, you know, I'm intrigued. Uh, well, we live on a water ski lake. Our, our kids are on the U.S. water ski team. We have our own private uh, pickleball court on our residence. And, oh, by the way, we live on a runway. So oh gosh, it, how perfect. Yeah, so that was perfect. Uh, very nice people, very welcoming. Um, they, uh, they run a nice business up there and uh, stay with them for, for one night. I was going to stay for two nights, but I ended up getting to Portland, uh, Oregon a, a night earlier. On the other coast, um, uh, equally uh, nice uh, family. I stayed um, out in Virginia Beach with Charlie uh, and uh, Jennifer Wilson. And they have their own pickleball court in their backyard. Uh, they call their own, uh, they, they branded it too. They call it Sip and Pickle. All the neighbors are there. <laughs> My concern is what neighbor is going to, you know, throw them under the bus and, and get this thing squashed. But they've, got, they've got it under control. Their neighbors are all pickleballers and, and you know, enthused to, to play there. The day we played there, ex-governor George Allen and he's an ex-U.S. senator also. He was there and played. Um, the mayor of, of Virginia Beach was there as well. Bobby uh, was there. And uh, there was about 40 people there uh, playing pickleball. We stayed there that night as well. So uh, 
lots of hospitality, lots of good friendship, lots of new friends, and uh, you know, just just a great adventure. Well, it sounded like you had some dignitaries, you had some fans there, kind of cheering you on and watching. Was that something that you were arranging, or the the people that were kind of hosting you at their house or you know at the courts were they arranging it? How did that all work out? Yeah, so when I would call um, out of the 40, so first off, we, I only made it to 44 states. Uh, when I got to Salt Lake City, the first the first 18 stops were right on, everything was humming along. My wife was with me for the last four stops. We get to Salt Lake City. We played Elise Jones out in Salt Lake City. Her, wow. She played, and I think Elise is playing right now in, in the, the doubles final out in Texas. Yeah. And she played with my wife and the girls beat, the, I played with the owner of the, of the club out there. And the, the girls beat the boys. Um, and that's another place where we stayed at, at somebody's house. Um, but when we got in there, we had beautiful scenery over the Cascade Mountains coming in from Boise, Idaho and, and Portland, Oregon, in the Salt Lake City over the Great Salt Lake. And uh, I thought nothing of the weather for the next day. But before I went to bed, I checked the weather and there was like clouds. You know, I fly through clouds, not a big deal. But Salt Lake is surrounded by, by mountains and you have to go about 13,000 feet which was on, on that day, at least, above the freezing level. So I had to go through some clouds. The cloud had icing forecast in there, and that's just a no-no. You know, I, I do like uh, I do like to live. Or I like my life. So uh, I got on the phone with Shannon back here at Mission Control back in, in Sarasota, and uh, he said, you know, Dean, there's no way out of, of Salt Lake City today. Sad. That was a Saturday. We got in there Friday. And I, all day Saturday, no way to get out of there. I'm like, you know what, Shannon, you're right. So let me uh, let me noodle on what I have to do from here. But then Saturday turned into Sunday, same thing. If the weather was bad Saturday, it was the same for, for Sunday. And if I cancel Saturday, I had to cancel Sunday. So my goal has always been in the back of my mind, if I've got a delay, my goal is to disappoint the least amount of people. So the way to do that, I decided, was not to keep – pushing the next 30 stops back two days, you know, that would have caused a logistical nightmare. Some people would have said, you know, uh, I, I've got people coming on such and such a day. I reserved the courts. I got, you know, I got the media coming and the easiest path, although the most, the thing I regret most is I had to cancel four, four states. So I ended up canceling um, Wyoming and Montana, North Dakota and uh, Nebraska. And then I was back. I got back on schedule, though. I almost had to cancel uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but as a the day before, a, a newsman called me up from Sioux Falls and said, "Hey, are, you, are we on schedule for you know tomorrow to play to play tomorrow in Sioux Falls?" Because I got the camera crew ready. And I said, "I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I got held up in Salt Lake City with weather, and I'm going to just have to cancel that." And he said, "I understand. I'm sorry. It was you know we were looking forward to it." Um, my, I was going to stop in Sioux Falls the next day anyway. I had to pick up my, my, my buddy, Rod Anderson. Rod was going – he lives in Sioux Falls. I met him down here in Sarasota where he also lives part of the year. And um, he's going to be with me through Indianapolis. And as I took off, you know, finally Monday morning after two days of just, you know, nothing to do basically, I took off. I wanted to get back on schedule. I took basically the longest flight in a small plane I've ever been, been in. It was five and a half hours got to Sioux Falls. As soon as I took off, I'm, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I got to pick right up in Sioux Falls anyway. 
you know, so I started texting him from the air. I said, Rod, we could still, we could, I wrote off South Dakota. I said, Rod, you can do this. In about three hours, he got the venue uh, rearranged. He, he called the news guys that I talked to the day before, and he got Sioux Falls back on the map. So I got in there. He picked me up. We landed. We played our game in Sioux Falls, and then we headed out for Des Moines later that night. So we, we saved uh, we saved South Dakota, but we, we missed four states. And, you know, those people worked as hard as anybody, as all the other states, to get their venues ready and their, their uh, cameras ready and, and the people lined up. But to answer your question, who who lines all that stuff up? Um, at each stop, I had basically a city ambassador. Sometimes it would be the visitors bureau person. Sometimes it was somebody I knew. Um, but but if let's say it was a visitors bureau, you know, I said, hey, here's I'm I'm working on this wacky adventure. I told them about it, and they're like, we want to be part of this. You know, there wasn't one uh, visitors bureau or state that didn't want to be part of it. They all wanted to be part of it. Now they're not going to make any money off of it. Um, they're not. It's really not going to cost them anything either. You know, maybe they had to pay for a hotel room or, or something like that. But you know, pick me up. At, this is what they needed to do: pick us up at the airport, get the news media out there to cover the event. You know, you know alert them that this you know wacky world record is being attempted in their town. They're one of forty-eight cities in, in the country that you know the circus is passing through, so to speak. <laughs> And find me some people to play and a place to play. Um, so we played anybody from, uh, as you said, Greg, dignitaries, governors. We played a couple ex-governors, George Allen, as I mentioned, out wow. in Virginia. We, we played ex-governor John Lynch up in New Hampshire. Um, we played a lot of mayors, including the mayor of Albuquerque and, and many other smaller towns. We played a uh, professionals, uh, pickleball professionals like Elise Jones. We, we played earlier. We played uh, Hunter and, and Yates Johnson. We played Dave the Badger Weinbach up up in uh, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. That was a hoot. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a funny guy. Uh, <laughs> we, we played uh, Yvonne and James Hackenberg up in Kalamazoo and Yvonne's 97-year-old mother who Whoa. stole the show. Yep, stole the show up there. Still well, playing, huh? She plays. Uh, she cuts her own grass. She drives her own car. Uh, she's totally self-sufficient. and she's, she's just a sweetheart. Uh, we played Scott Moore out in Colorado Springs, you know, pickleball professional out, out there. We played, uh, I mentioned Elise, and we played a couple uh, pickleball Hall of Famers up in Portland, Oregon, uh, Steve Parento, or was it Scott Parento, and uh, and uh, Norman Davis, I believe, is the other guy. Um, we also played some uh, NFL guys and uh, NBA uh, NBA yeah. alum there up in uh, in Cincinnati. We played a, a individual in a wheelchair up in Eagle, Idaho. We played. Uh, he was a great guy to be with. Uh, we played. Uh, Special Olympics kids in Jonesboro, Arkansas. There was a little fundraiser going on and we raised a little bit of funds for the Special Olympics there. We played inner city youth in uh, in Memphis, Tennessee. So, and then we played folks like you and me all all over the board. So it was just a variety of, of people that we played. As far as where we played, I mentioned some private residences. We played at the uh, iconic Greenbrier Resort in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. They have a thirty five hundred seat arena center court we played there uh we played on the airport tarmac uh 
the next day uh, out in Frederick, Maryland. We landed the plane exactly at 10 o'clock. They had the court striped out on the tarmac waiting for us. We, we parked the plane right next to the uh, to the, uh, the court. I'm hoping that they didn't have any planes trying to land in the middle of your match. <laughs> no, it, it, it was a private tarmac. Uh, okay. <laughs> It wasn't. The, it wasn't on the runway, and then we rolled out on court. We played our game, and we were off of the, We were in and out of there in an hour. Wow. So, which out of all of the courts that you got to play at, which was your favorite? Wait, before you answer that question, we do got to take a quick break. But for people, this is a great question. I want to hear the answer as well. But hang on with us. We'll be right back with Dean Matt. It's Bridgie and Uncle Greg with Third Shot Podcast. We're looking for our next tournament. We really love sharing our experiences playing tournaments as a fun part of our Third Shot Podcast journey. We've been fortunate enough to be invited to play in a number of tournaments and broadcast live from the events. So share your event with us and we can get the word out to our pickleball community. It's all about helping and growing the sport we love. And we're hoping we'll get to meet you there. This is Third Shot Podcast, and we're back from break with Dean Matt. He is the first pickleball world record holder. And before we went to break, I had asked a very exciting question about which of his courts was his favorite that he got to play at. And just a little bit longer because we're going to take a shot real quick, and then we get to find out the answer. So cheers to both of you. Cheers to you, Bridge. All right. We're at the edge of our seats to find out. Oh, I'm going to disappoint you. No. <laughs> After that buildup, how could this happen? Um, I, I got asked that quite a bit by a lot of the reporters. Let me tell you a little bit about the covers that we had. On day four, my, my wife is watching Fox News here in, in, in Florida. And who's, who's being interviewed? Me. I was interviewed by Fox. She's, she almost spits out her coffee. Like, what's he doing on TV? <laughs> Somehow they found they found out about this wacky trip and they followed us. And it kind of snowballed from there. Every stop that we went to, there were cameras. Uh, many stops had three cameras, you know, from three different news stations. Uh, and, uh, you know, our last, a lot of Fox coverage, a lot of ABC, CB, all of, all of them were there at some, some point. So, um, I posted those on my website, all the known coverage, and it got it got a lot of a lot of interest across the country. At most of the stops, the the media would ask me, you know, what's your favorite stop? You know, on, on day one, that was easy because I only played you know, <laughs> one place. But after that, you know, just when I I get in the plane, I'm like, boy, that was a fun stop. You know, that was a lot of fun. And then you get to the next stop, and it was equally fun and a little bit different. And the next one, you know, every Every stop had its own story. You know, I mentioned 97-year-old Minnie LaPointe up in Kalamazoo. I mean, that was the story up there. Uh, Scottsdale, we played at the Orchard at Jigsaw Health. Uh, uh, another, you know, the, uh, the private residences we played at were fine. Many of the public courts we played at were a good story. You know, they would have balloons and they would welcome us like we were celebrities. And, and the news media was there to cover this wacky story. And they were all proud of their courts. Uh, many of them have, have just got new courts. Many of them 
got new courts and need more courts. Um, a lot of private country clubs we played at, a lot of you know, YMCA or private tennis facilities. We played at three chicken and pickles in a row. But every every stop had its own story. So uh, I'm going to disappoint you and say I, I really don't have a favorite be- because everything was just so unique and fun. Well, that's not me. disappointing because no, that means not. you had yeah you had such a great time and it's really cool that each one had such a special story that you can look back and have that memory with. Before I took off, my wife said, "You know, this trip's going to go by really, really quick." And you know, it, it was six months of planning and, and build up, and a lot of you know, is the weather going to be okay? And how many people am I going to disappoint? And you know, if am I going to get to all the states and, and whatnot? And you know, Scottsdale was on one side of the country, my, my, my bottom left corner. Right. And then Portland, Oregon was my top, you know, Scottsdale, when I took off, just seemed so far away. I've been there before in a small plane, but it just seemed so far away. You know, it was the seventh day and, and a a lot of places to get through. But once I turned the key, I mean, our first stop started out, uh, was Mobile, Alabama. We played at the Mobile tennis center, which is the second largest tennis tennis center in a row. Our guy there was there waiting on the ground when we landed to, to take us to the tennis center. His name was Garrett Wagner. The um, the uh, event got off without a hitch, and after that, I knew that everything was going to be okay. You know, there were going to be people waiting for us, and no one was going to forget about us. And I would call them a couple days in advance and just say, "Weather's looking good. We're on track." I was never late for a landing. Um, you know, other than having to cancel those force. Uh, four states, but I was never late for landing. We had plenty of downtime. The first couple days, we were doing two stops a day, two states a day. By the time we got up to uh, uh, the Chicago area, we were doing three states a day. So wow. yeah, when, when we got to Maine, that was my furthest northeast, you know, I could see the end in sight, you know, and I was <laughs> I was counting the days till, till I got home, you know. It, 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 it wasn't um, it wasn't that I was bored or, or anxious to get home, but I was I was anxious to get home a, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed the company all down the East Coast. Um, I I met up with a fellow traveler. This is kind of a neat story. His name is Jimmy Santangelo, and I'm you know I posted a lot of stuff on Instagram, and I saw this guy who's bought a new van, a sleeper van. And it's like a big sprinter van, and he was going to play a hundred stops, a hundred places. I saw, I saw him uh, take off on the West Coast. He's from California, out in San Diego, and he was staying at a lot of places or playing at a lot of places I was going to play at. So I ended up calling him. I said, "Hey, Jimmy, what's your what's your deal out there? We're kind of doing something similar." And so we kind of compared schedules and whatnot. Our our paths crossed in Colorado Springs, so I played with him in Colorado Springs when we played Scott Moore. And uh, I said, hey, Jimmy, can you get up to Rhode Island uh, in a couple of weeks? Because I'd love to have you come down the East Coast with me because I've got some availability. And so I thought maybe he would drive the van to Midway Airport in Chicago, take a take a flight out there, meet up with me and come back to Midway. He ended up driving to Sarasota, you know, where we were going to terminate the whole trip where I live. So he drove his, his van to Sarasota, got up to Providence, Rhode Island a couple of days before I got up there. But he was gung-ho. He, he hopped in the plane, and we flew it all the way down for eight states down the down the coast and uh, uh, became a good friend of mine. How That's, cool. Yeah, he, that he, is really neat. 
now he's still driving up the East Coast in his van. Uh, I guess his mom lives up in Charlotte, North so Carolina. So he's still on his hundred stops or whatever. I think he's like in the fifty-three now or or whatever. But uh, is he trying to do it in a certain amount of time, or is he just kind of taking his time and just saying, "I want to do a hundred different places"? Hundred different places, and you know he'll 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 be back in California in September sometime. So his trip is really really epic. Um, I can only but imagine everyone- what the gas bill is for that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He was getting 20 miles a a gallon. My trip um, ended up being about 75 hours in the air, about 1,600 gallons of gas, and at uh, about 20, about 20 gallons an hour is what I, what I burn. And gas was like anywhere from five and a quarter to, uh, I think the most expensive was out your way, about seven bucks a gallon. Tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I, I just filled prices. up today. Oh my goodness. I saw the prices on the ground in Sacramento. They were like four, uh, five something. It's five you know, something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, guess, five yeah. Something. it's crazy. It's crazy. So, I mean, you got to meet some just, I can only imagine the amount of people you met, the interviews you did. Like, who stood out as like a big personality that you would just like tell people about? Like, who are who's the big personalities you met? Yeah, I would say Dave Weinbach was a personality. Um, we get we get to Sun Prairie, and it's like the whole town was out there. Sun Prairie is by Madison, Wisconsin, and we get there, and they got a they have a bratwurst picnic going on there. You know, and everyone's like well, shaking our hands, and you know, there, there were a hundred over a hundred people there. And Dave was out there already playing, and then they were playing polka music. And uh, you know, he's he's a funny guy, so I, I think I paired up with him for a game or two. But um, he was very he was entertaining the crowd, and the crowd was the crowd was big in that. So that was kind of a fun stop. Is he um, a big talker? Oh yeah, tr- big trash talker. You know, like me, I've got about ten jokes, and I could use them over and over again because I get to the. <laughs> I get to the next state, and the only one that's heard these jokes is my partner that I was with. But, and he's the same way because I got to uh, I got to Kalamazoo, and I was telling James Hacken, Hackenberg, I said, "Yeah, we play with Dave Wine, Weinbach," and I said, "Yeah, when he hit a lob, he and he hit a bad lob, he says this ain't the villages in Florida." And, and James Hack James Hackenberg heard that joke before, and he says, oh, that's "Did funny. he use the?" He's the one where you go up the middle. Yeah. So he's heard them all before too. So. <laughs> so what an exciting trip. And it seems like every stop that you went to, it really was an event. Yeah. But like the, the second, uh, the second stop, uh, we were in Baton Rouge, uh, Louisiana and they, they made, you know, a lot of homemade stuff. There were balloons and, and maps. Welcome to pilots, uh, out in, I think, uh, road uh out in delaware they had a, a park a chair reserved it said pilots parking only you know so everyone had their own little spin on it but again they were all they were all welcoming it was they wanted to be part of this uh you know world record it's not a guinness world record after i missed the four states i'm quite i'm not quite sure what world record is but there's a world record in there someplace right like the most <laughs> the most it's, a pickleball being played in, in a 30 day period. So um, it really well, wasn't about ask you. You did 44 States in 30 days. Is that, is that how long it took you? 26 days, 26 days. Wow. My goodness. Congratulations. 
I had about three or four days of downtime. I mean, if I really wanted to step on the on the pedal, I could have got those. I probably could have got all 48 states done in about 20 days. But it really wasn't about speed or the record. It was that was just an excuse. This world record was just an excuse to get the media to come out and and tell 48 or 44 stories about pickleball communities. And that's that's whatever, you know, from the guy that just put up his his new uh, pickleball facility in Cincinnati, the Pickle Lodge, which, you know, wasn't technically open yet. It's still still opening. Um, It it was about, you know, the chicken and pickle franchises and and what a good thing they're doing out there. It was about the local courts that opened up in any number of states we played. Amarillo, Texas, for instance, when I when I was out there, it was May 5th and they had a big event. That was another big event they had going on, you know, welcoming me. They, they had a, they had Dinko de Mayo going on. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, for me just to get in the plane then and go off to the next stop. And, uh, you know, I always, I always flew during the day. I could have flown at night if I wanted to. But, you know, the scenery, when you get out your way, especially over the Sierra Nevadas and, yeah. you know, up from Scottsdale to Henderson, Nevada, Bridgie, you, you didn't make it down. But uh, we played at the Anthem Country Club there. Uh, on a very windy day, I'll, I'll say, and uh, the scenery out there is is just awesome. And then you know you get up to Portland and you go over the Cascade Mountains, uh, and then in uh, in Salt Lake City the Wasatch Mountains. And by the time you get over the Wasatch Mountains, then you're kind of on the high plains again. And uh, out west, I was about sixteen thousand feet to twenty thousand feet in my plane. I'd have to wear oxygen. The, the plane has uh, oxygen built in. It's not pressurized, but it's got its own oxygen built in. You have to wear oxygen above twelve thousand five hundred feet. Um, but most of the other legs, once I got out of Salt Lake City, or once I got to Sioux Falls, those legs were short. I mean, they were hour and a half, hour thirty minutes. Really? So I got a question. I was following you on Instagram kind of the whole way and you're documenting it. Is there any thoughts that you're going to like compile? I don't know how you're going to do it either through video or through writing or, you know, the whole, the whole adventure. Are you going to compile it all? I've had some uh, media folks kind of inquire about making a, you know, an hour documentary or something like that. And I'm, I'm in some somewhat discussions with them. Um, as, as I may have mentioned to you, one of the reasons about doing this is there was a guy out in Salt Lake City called the Iron Cowboy. And about eight years ago, I watched a documentary. It was the 50-50-50 Iron Cowboy. He did 50 Ironman triathlons in 50 days in 50 states. His family was driving him around. And I saw that documentary. I had them in the back of my mind, and I talked to a couple media you know, companies about maybe doing something similar, although it, it in no way compares to what the, what James Lawrence did. In fact, James was supposed to play with me out in Salt Lake City, and he had to cancel at the last minute. But uh, you know, he was my inspiration for doing this trip for sure. One other neat thing is my wife has been to 48 states. She hadn't been to Oregon or Idaho. So by design, we flew her out in the big plane to meet me out in Oregon when I got out there. Then she hopped in the little plane. We, we got to Eagle, Idaho. She got her 50th state in. The mayor of Eagle, Idaho, presented her with the 50 state club plaque, which was <laughs> oh, kind of which, cool. which was kind of fun. And then at Salt Lake City, she jumped ahead to uh, Chicago to see some family. She met up with me again out there when I played in Chicago, 
And then uh, she was the last stop down here in Sarasota with uh, another guy who's 93 years old that we play with two or three days a week. His name is Vince Golden. And, uh, and he was the last, you know, they were the last people we played against uh, at stop number 48. Wow. You got to meet some amazing people and see a lot of amazing places too. What a great adventure. Yeah. And I, I'd call them all my friends and they all welcome me back. <laughs> I got 50, I got 50 States to, uh, you know, 50 places to visit now or, or to stay. If, uh, and my wife and I, you know, we still have our plane and we fly around. In fact, we're thinking about where we're going to go, uh, next week. And, uh, uh, I may have to make some calls. <laughs> <laughs> There's no shortage of uh, places to stay or people to play with now. That's uh, wonderful. And if people want to follow you on Instagram to kind of see the post uh, of your trip, what's the give everybody your handle on Instagram? Yes, mucho dinero. So it's M U C H O D E A N A E R O, like aeronautical. Mucho Dean, my name, Aero, A E R O, is my Instagram handle. And yeah, there's a lot of good posts up there. Um, you know, I think the last post I did, I reflected on, I was landing it back here at Sarasota on uh, runway 32, a runway that I've been cleared to land on many times. But as I say in my post, this time it was a little different because as I'm landing, I had the past 26 days swirling in my head and all the people I met and the great experiences I, I had and how thankful I was, you know, to be back safe and sound. That's amazing. And I really hope that somebody picks this story up and does some sort of documentary or like Uncle was saying, a compilation of video, because that would be great to be able to see that from start to finish and final words from you coming back into Florida. So hopefully yeah, and, someone and, out and there. Tell, <laughs> and tell those people to reach out to us and we could do a before and after podcast and then kind of share what we, uh, what we learned. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for doing the before and after. Uh, we talked about doing it after, you know, uh, when, when we first did our our podcast, and it's kind of fun to, to be able to share and reflect back with you everything that happened. So. Well, I know our listeners were uh, really into it because every time I would kind of post an update on how you were doing, we'd get a lot of feedback on it, and everybody was rooting you on. So, good job and congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And here's a common misconception. You know, people think I'm a really good player because I'm doing this. And there are a lot of disappointed people out there that watch me play. I'm like, this guy's just a normal player. And I said, yeah, I'm just a, normal, a normal player. I'm not a 4-0 or a 5-0, you know. But I'm just, just we're, out here having, we're out here having fun telling some stories. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us and coming back on, sharing all of your fantastic stories with us. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having uh, me on. And one day our paths will cross in person, I'm sure. Oh, we can't wait for that, Dean. Thanks again for coming on. And thank you. thank you to all our listeners who supported Dean on his trip and was following along with us as we were posting his updates. And thank you for joining Bridgie and I. We'll continue to share our pickleball journey. A special thanks to Dean for coming back and sharing those fantastic stories that he had. I mean, it's just kind of a dream of mine to be able to do what Dean did. So it was really neat and uh, fantastic to hear he came back safely. So uh, please support this show by subscribing. And we promise to have more amazing guests like Dean in the future. Let's continue to share your pickleball journey. And let's keep growing the community. See you next time on Third Shot Podcast.